A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Haley, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be back with my nasally voice over here. Yeah, a little <laughs> stuffed up. Allergies. Allergies are killing me right now. Yeah. It's that time of year. Well, great. That's going to be fun. So we all get to listen to that. We'll, You're we'll, welcome. We'll t- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Haley. Anyway, we've got all kinds of stuff planned. At the end of the show, we're going to be talking with a couple of representatives from Mosquito Shield. You know, if you struggle with mosquitoes in the yard during the summer, during the spring, during the fall... Maybe we've got an answer for you. You're going to want to tune in for that. And Haley, you've got a topic that you kind of put together on wainscoting. Yeah, it's a really popular DIY project right now. It's kind of a smaller one, but it has a really big design impact. Right. So we're going to get to that. But right now we're going to start with something that I'm going to do my best to convey. <laughs> something that's happened to me that I would consider one of the biggest eye-opening experiences of my life. Wow. Now, anybody who's listened a fair amount knows I have a lot of eye-opening experiences, so many that it makes you wonder if I live most of my life with my eyes closed. (laughs) Or your eyes are just really wide open at this point. This time, I was blown away. But a number of weeks back, right at the beginning of spring break, I decided that uh, I needed to get a little more fit, Mm -hmm. right? I Mm -hmm. I always kind of joke about that. But it's bothering me. it's typical this time of year to feel that way. I think I feel that way. Okay. Well, then I'm not, you know, alone in that. No. Well, anyway, I decided to join a gym. My son has been weightlifting at a gym for about five years or so. And I decided I'm going to do that. (laughs) And so I did. I signed up. And actually went for the first time. It's so concerning to me, like hearing you talking about weightlifting, not because I think that you're that out of shape, just because I just imagine something horrible going wrong. Like really? the weight falls on you or like <laughs> only known me for a few months and you already decide that, that's maybe not my thing. Yeah. Well, it's not my thing. Um, I went for the first time this week and let me tell you what happened. So I was, was honestly not nervous. I was excited and the, I don't really know where to begin with this story. Let's just start with, I I got all ready to go on Tuesday Mm -hmm. of this week and you were here that day. And do you remember my main concern? I don't know if you remember my main concern. Oh, I remember. Really? What do you, what was my main concern? That it was going to be uncomfortable socially (laughs) (laughs) yes there was that do you remember the other thing i said i hate to even bring it up because it was so stupid in hindsight my son has been doing this for five years oh right (laughs) and i was worried that what if i outdo him i am pretty buff as it is right i literally honestly went into this thinking that there's a chance that I'm going to just be so amazing and Hulk-like mm-hmm. that I'm going to make Caleb feel so pathetic after having done this for five years and I outdo him on the first day. So anyway, that's the mentality I went in with. What an idiot. I get in there and, okay, it's it's a whole different atmosphere than I've ever been in in all my life. Yeah. So socially, I, I made the jump very quickly. Everybody was very nice. We were t- all talking. And I moved through that very smoothly. And we go to this little bench thing. Mm-hmm. And Caleb says, let's get started. And he goes and he throws 
um, like I think 15 pounds on each side of this bar. Mm-hmm. Two little, the littlest, tiniest little weights that they had there. Yeah. That's what he put on. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, but. This is nothing. Come on. And I get down there and I pick that bar up and it took me all I could do to push it off of the little little hook that it's on and then it comes crashing down on my chest this is 30 pounds plus the bar (laughs) and i am struggling to lift what is going on it was like i was in some kind of crazy alternate universe i'm trying to push the thing up i could barely do it the tiniest little weights on i can feel people starting to stop and look I don't know if they were or not, but I was completely convinced. But then I thought, you know what? I don't have any frame of reference. Sure, there's all kinds of huge weights around. But maybe no one's using those. Nobody uses those, (laughs) right? So anyway, I got done with whatever many reps he told me to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing there heaving. Now, the other thing I didn't like about this place, I should have started with this, is mirrors everywhere. Oh, sure. I avoid the rooms that have mirrors in my home. (laughs) There is no avoiding it here. Here I am, and I I find myself sucking in my gut. Yeah. You know, because there it is. I can, oh, oh, my, the lighting. Maybe it was bad lighting or something, but I looked even chubbier than I expected. (laughs) So I'm sucking in my gut, wheezing, you know, after my experience, my first set of reps. And then Caleb gets down and and he takes off all the little weights and he grabs the great big ones. And and he's telling me to grab the great big ones. And so I grab one off the shelf and I'm dragging it across the floor <laughs> to try to get it up on the on the, the and bar. And there's for multiples him. of these. Yes. Yeah. He's got forty five pounds, ninety pounds on each side. Oh my god. And he's heaving that thing up. I was completely blown away. I was so wrong about who I am <laughs> and what I can do. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's pretty we eye-opening. Huh? Went back to the little weights for me, and I could struggle through that again. What a horrible experience, in a way. So why am I talking about it? Well, because it's funny, and it's eaten up some time. But really, the main thing is that there are so many little home improvement-type lessons yes. that we can learn from that, right? Or at least take from that. Mm-hmm. And I guess the first one would be this. We all have to start somewhere. Yes, right? exactly. Everybody starts somewhere. <laughs> You're not going to be the best immediately. It doesn't have to be Instagram level success on your DIY project or the whole room or whole house has to be transformed. It can start small. Right. We, and, and what happens is we jump into a paint project, for example, and it's our first one or our first couple that we've done. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't go like we think it's going to go. Right. We're not as good at it as we thought we were going to be, as we anticipated. All of those things were not as good as other people. Yeah. Whatever it is, we work through it and we come to the end of that and we just think, this isn't for me. This isn't something I should be doing. And honestly, that's as much as I know better, that was what That is my mentality as well. (laughs) Well, it's what I said when I left the gym, you know, to Caleb. I was embarrassed. The whole thing was an embarrassing experience. I was way worse than I thought I'd be. Mm -hmm. And that was his words of wisdom to me. Is that we all start somewhere, Dad. I had to start way back then. You know, I lifted the baby five weights years when later. I was littler. You know, yeah. 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 Five years. Think what I'm going to be in five years. I'm going to be moving cars without Buff. even turning them on. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> shove them to the side. No neck. <laughs> That's right. No <laughs> neck at all. But we all start somewhere. Now, the other thing that I learned is don't compare yourself to everybody else. Who's totally. way above you, right? So, like you mentioned already, so you touched damaging. on it, the Instagram thing, social media. Everybody is sharing everything they do, right? And a lot of people are making a life 
out of exactly like they're making doing money. these projects and being an influencer or they're a designer where this is their job really mm-hmm. they're not just your average DIY or posting things they're making a living off of this so you can't compare yourself as the same well but it's so easy to do that because right. this is social media these are people in our area and it feels like why do my projects never turn out like this? Mm-hmm. And again, it's back to that whole thing. They have slogged through what we are slogging through right now. They yeah, had or the have bad... like a totally different budget. <laughs> it could be a different budget, but it could be that, you know, they just they learned over time. Everybody mm-hmm. learns, everybody yes. improves, everybody's going to get better. If you stick to it. Mm -hmm. So if you've got those projects around the house, if you've struggled in the past, that doesn't mean you're not cut out for it. Yeah, it's a learning experience. It is a skill like anything else. And it takes time to learn. I'm totally guilty, though. If I'm not great at something immediately, that's not the sport for me. (laughs) Right. But the problem is we miss out on so many things when we live No, it's really true. And home projects. I mean, there is so much reward to be had. The, the changes we make to our spaces, the money we save, just feeling good about, look what I did. Absolutely. It's so gratifying, satisfying. It's kind of therapeutic in a lot of ways, too. There was someone that tagged us on Instagram recently that is a medical student, and she said that what she does to unwind are these painting or DIY projects. It just takes her mind off of everything, and she gets this gratification at the end of it. Like, I did that. Yeah. See, I, I expect that from this weightlifting, right? I'm expecting that. I know <laughs> that there was a huge amount of gratification yes. when I moved from the two baby weights to the one, just the toddler weight, right. just up from that. The toddler weight. Yeah. And that was just my first day. Can you imagine what I'm going to be like? It'll take you like two years, not I five. Know. Right now, I can't even raise my hands above my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> I hurt so bad. Anyway, there's a lot of projects out there. Don't give up. If you've struggled with a paint project in the past, it's doable. Everybody can pull it off. We know tips and tricks. We work with the products day in and day out. Stop out at any Repcolite or Port City paint store. Let us help. We'll get you there. Now, we've got a project just like some of the stuff we were just talking about, Mm -hmm. and we're going to spill all the beans on that. Wayne's coating. You can do it. We'll tell you all about it coming up next. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, you pitched uh, earlier this week a, a project that you've been running into. Haley does all of our Instagram and our social media stuff, and so you see a lot of what people are working on. Yeah, a lot of ideas and projects people are working on, and there is one Instagrammer out there, Melissa Prinz, actually, she posted a great video where she built Wayne's Coating herself, just a quick DIY weekend project, and it looked so good at the end, and mm-hmm. it was such a great project. And then I, of course, went down the rabbit hole of <laughs> looking at DIY Wayne's Coating. There's a lot out there. Well, it's a simple project. Mm-hmm. It's something that you can pull off in a weekend. It's it's really really a great project for a number of reasons and we're going to talk about the project itself next segment you know some how to do it about how to do it but also i love it because there's a number of tools that you really should have you don't need to have you could rent them but they're they're good investments they're great investments they're not terribly expensive and they are kind of 
it's kind of like gateway stuff. <laughs> you know, once you get some of these things, there's so many things that you'll be able to tackle. Yes, that's I, true. I really think this is one of those projects. Gateway that's tools. Ideal. That's but what we should title it. Yeah, I think it should be. <laughs> but let's talk about why it's cool. I mean, you're mentioning that we're seeing it everywhere. Why are we seeing it everywhere? One thing is that it's easy. Mm-hmm. It adds so much character. It's a design feature. And it pulls a space together really quickly. There's really no limits either, which I think is my favorite part of it, is there's a giant umbrella of what wainscoting can be. We think of the traditional stuff with the ornate chair rail, and it's got the inset picture kind of framing that's really ornate, and then the bottom plate that's your basic trim. Right. I think that's interesting because that is what we can sometimes conjure And sometimes it feels like our spaces don't fit that. You know, that's not my style. Mm -hmm. That's not what I want. Well, there's way more. Yeah. But what's really fun is that you can push the boundaries beyond even what's out there already. You've seen. And we're going to talk about them a little bit at the end of this segment. We'll probably be able to explain it a little more in the next one when we talk about the how to. But you showed me one where they've actually made scalloped edges along the top of this board and batten kind of a look. Exactly. And it modernizes it. It's a whole different feel. Very unique. So it's great for almost any space, you know, entryways, bedrooms, dining rooms, even basements, basements even, as long as you don't have a moisture problem. Well, it could hide the moisture problem. Well, you never want to hide. And now you're jumping ahead because let's talk about the whole... You know, why why it came about in the first place. And maybe why there are so many variations is because I think it's been around for so, so long. long. Right. You found evidence of it dating back to the, the 16th, 16th century in England. And I found the 14th century in the Netherlands. We're not sure exactly where it spawned from mm-hmm. or when, but that seems to be something that came about for the same reason, no matter where. Yeah, for practical we're talking. reasons. Right, it's practical. One was that it's it's here basically as armor for your walls. <laughs> yeah. You know, we had plaster walls, and they're getting banged up. Chairs are hitting them. Boots, Chipped and you yeah. know, things like that. This was a nice way to put paneling up, wood up, and then it would protect the walls right. from being damaged. Also, it hid moisture problems. Yes, which because is what things you're... were not as sealed as well. So all of that that's kind of leaching up from the ground is going to ruin maybe that plaster wall. And then this was just like a Band-Aid fix. Yeah. Let's just hide it then. Yeah. So we don't want to hide anything anymore. We'd rather fix the problem and then you can go and cover things up. But you got to make sure the problem's fixed. But that's what it started as. Yes. And it's kind of interesting because it started as practical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it did make the transition over time to, to like high design, high end design. Because people would use marble, right? Tooled marble. That's it's <laughs> which very is crazy and ornate. Yeah. And yet there were, there's evidence at least that there's a little bit of a class thing going on. Right. Yeah. Because some people were just using cheap fabric. You know, if you didn't have the budget for wood or marble, that was the other material out there that you could use to hide what was going on. Which is kind of funny because when we first started digging into this topic in the first place, I I Google around in the very first DIY project I find online (laughs) is recommending that we put wainscoting up in a Mm -hmm. bathroom, but instead of paneling, wood paneling on the walls, let's use burlap. It's so gross. It's really burlap. Really? Can you imagine, like, around the no, toilet? No, it makes burlap? me want to puke. It's so gross. <laughs> you need a rug doctor just to keep what your bathroom it smell walls like? clean. Think of the smell. I Dan. don't even know how to begin with something like that. Don't put burlap 
That's my recommendation. As historic as it is, don't do it. Two thumbs way down on burlap in your bathroom. But as bad an idea as that is, (laughs) it is demonstrative of why we think wainscoting is so compelling as a project. True. It just presents so much freedom in design. Yeah, even with height, there's really not one size fits all. It varies from everything to 36 inches to 72 inches high. And each one impacts a room differently. I think the higher you go, the bigger the impact, right? And I think right now it's maybe more trendy to have a higher design impact with Mm -hmm. it. So the higher the wainscoting, the better. But still, I mean, it really just depends on your space and what makes sense to you. I think the only rule is just don't cut it in half. Yeah, don't cut your wall in (laughs) half. That's going to look weird. If you're unsure how to figure out exactly the height that you should be at, the rule of thirds is a great way to go. You really Mm -hmm. can't go wrong. And what that means is you either go a third of the way up with your wainscoting, so that would bring it lower, you know, 30 inches, 33 inches, 36 inches, somewhere in that range, or you could bring it two-thirds of the way up, which is going to be what you're referencing, the more right. trendy look. Yeah. And that means two-thirds of the wall is wainscoting, and then the top third is just drywall painted. Exactly. So a lot of variation, even with just the height. Paint, the color, is exactly. another one. Both for the wall and for the the wainscoting right now, there's really no rule. I think traditionally we think of wainscoting and trim as white, mm-hmm. and we group those together. But really... Even when we're just talking about trim, it's not white that's actually in style right now. It's going with a more contrasting trim color like a gray or even a color like a green or a blue or a pink or yellow. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to get into that on another segment. And so, yeah, trim, th- there are no more rules, mm-hmm. or at least the rules are starting to relax. But on Wayne's coating, don't think of it as just having to be white. You've seen great examples you were showing me of dark gray greens, dusty pinks, soft blacks, yeah. all kinds of different colors. And it colors. looks so pretty and it makes a huge impact and it creates a lot of style for the space. You can really draw other rooms together by the color that you choose for this wainscoting. And then of course, wallpaper, that's like the pinnacle for me. If we can get wainscoting on the wall and then have wallpaper above it, <laughs> then you've made it. Now Haley's we're book, talking. You've made it. So much option. And then add to all of that just the number of varieties of what wainscoting actually can be. Like we mentioned yeah. in the beginning, it could be very traditional. The chair rail and everything. All of that. It could be board and batten. It could be just beadboard. So many different options. You could make your own. Right. I've seen one recently that I really liked and kind of sparked this whole idea with a board and batten style wainscoting, but it was topped off with kind of a scallop design. It's a little bit softer of a look, but I've never seen that before. And it just really, again, highlights the fact that this can go in so many directions and it's totally up to you. You have so right. much freedom. Board and batten typically has a little more of that farmhouse kind of a look, or it can. Yeah, or you modern can take it even. Work, right. I mean, but with that scallop, very completely modern. changed yeah. how it impacted that room. We'll put pictures in the show notes so you yes. can check that out. We're going to take a break right now. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the how-tos. How do you pull this project off? It's an easy one, but it does take a little bit of thinking and planning, and there are some great tools that we're going to recommend along the way, as well as the right paint products to put on it. That's all coming up in just a minute. Stay tuned. Haley, do you know how many tears I have shed through my childhood and actually early adulthood? And actually late adulthood. And late adulthood (laughs) over as-seen-on-TV products that didn't live up to the hype? 
There's a ton of them. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. And this is a minute at Repcolite. I think we can all relate to that feeling. I'm assuming so. As seen on TV is not one that holds up to his promises. Right. So when Benjamin Moore came out with ScuffX a number of years ago and talked about how it was going to be more scuff resistant than anything out there paint wise, I was really skeptical. And yet this is one of those rare instances where a company actually undersold what the product could really do. Right. ScuffX from Benjamin Moore has exceeded all of the predictions, and we're seeing it used everywhere, in hospitals, schools, offices. And even in homes, mudrooms, hallways, stairwells, and even on cabinets and trim. It's perfect. ScuffX from Benjamin Moore is easy to use, available in any Benjamin Moore color, and prices out just like any quality paint. You've got to check it out. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. And that's a minute at RepcoLite. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, let's talk about the Wayne's Coding project itself. We spent yes. last segment trying to make the case for why. And now it's how. I don't know how well we did, but we did our best. <laughs> There's so many different reasons why. There's well, yeah. so much impact. There's a lot to cover with that subject. And it's such a simple project. That's to me, that's the main reason why I think this is. And you a, called it a gateway project. It is a gateway mm-hmm. project. And here's why. It's relatively simple. And yet there are a lot of skills to learn. And when you learn these skills, you'll find that there are things and skills that you can apply all over the place. And best of all, it's an excuse to buy some really cool tools. And we'll spell out what tools those are as time goes by in this segment. But they're tools that you'll use on so many different projects. In fact, they're the kinds of tools that will make you want to jump into projects that you would have avoided Absolutely. in the past. Because now they're going to simplify everything. Yeah, these should definitely be labeled as gateway tools. Yeah. So Wayne's Coding as a project. It's a weekend kind of a project. That's one of the reasons we think it's been so popular. Mm-hmm. But Haley, let's just talk about the project itself. You know, What are some of the main considerations when we're tackling this? Yeah, I think the first consideration is your wall texture. If you have smooth walls, you have the opportunity to cheat this a little bit. Right. <laughs> you can put the trim straight on the drywall, even though that's not the traditional way to do it. Normally, you would have paneling that went up that you would attach the trim pieces to. If you have smooth walls and you paint everything, no one's really going to know you didn't do right. the paneling. You just go straight to the, the rails. Yeah. Now, if you've got textured walls, though, chances are you're going to have to just do paneling. Yeah, go to the paneling and do that. But that's the place to start. You know, right. Examine the walls of the space. Another thing you know, and we don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's it's deciding the height. Yes. You know, now you do need to figure out how high you want to go. And as we mentioned in the last segment, there are a lot of variations here. If you're unsure, yeah. stick with the rule of thirds, which means you go up either one third of the way or, or two you can thirds. go two thirds if you want to go higher, which is more trendy right now. Yeah, it has a bigger design impact. But also, I mean, your budget kind of increases if you do have to buy paneling and trim. So let's an important thing to remember. Yeah, if your budget is really low, you could shoot for the like four inches <laughs> up. That's probably not going to have much impact at all. But when you're buying the paneling, now you've got to figure out what type of paneling to buy. Either we're talking about masonite, plywood, MDF, or Luon. These are all really thin, smooth plywoods to buy. The one consideration is if you're doing it in a bathroom, maybe don't get MDF because it could lead to some moisture issues. Right. That's definitely possible. Let's talk about trim options. Now, you just covered plywood. What about trim options? Yeah, that's really going to be dictated by what style you go with, because if you're going to do the board and batten, you're just looking at the simple squared off trim. But if you get into the more traditional and ornate style Wayne's coating, 
I mean, it's Pandora's box when it comes to the amount of trim out there. Right. And really, it all starts with looking at some pictures, you know, doing a lot of investigation online, checking out social media sites, get an idea for what will fit in your space, what style looks right and feels right. And then you can start making your plan from there. Now, I guess to walk through the project, there's so many different ways we could go. So Mm -hmm. many different versions of technically wainscoting. So we picked what we think is the easiest, most straightforward of the projects, and that's just board and batten or shaker style. Yeah, this is going to be the, I think, most basic or simple. We're talking about straight lines. There's no ornate patterns to try to line up with the cuts. So this is going to be a very entry-level project, maybe. Um, You're going to start by laying out that design, though. Right. It's all about planning. You're going to make it or break it (laughs) with the planning part of this because you've got math to do. You've basically got to figure out how tall you want the wainscoting to be, as we mentioned. You've got to figure out the spacing between the vertical pieces. Usually that ranges from 18 to 28 inches. You'll bump that around based on the length of the wall that you're working with. Right, because you don't want to run into not having the same pattern repeated where you're cutting it short. There's now a gap that's shorter at the end because you ran out of space, kind of like when you write happy birthday on the front of a card and you don't you account it for, <laughs> <laughs> and now the birthday is like squished at yeah. the end. You don't want that to happen with your wainscoting. It's a little bit harder to redo. Right. So you've got to figure it out. So you've got equal spacing between all of the different rails, you know, the vertical rails so that it all lays out looking just, just the way you want it. And it really pays to start with pen and paper yes, <laughs> and figure it out. There's a lot of different uh, resources online that will help you figure out the best way to do this math and crunch these numbers. We'll put some links in the show notes so you can figure it out from there. The bottom line is you've got to do that planning, make sure the math works, figure out what you need and get your supplies. And then you can start doing the fun part, which is cutting the wood. No, you're wrong. <laughs> oh. You get to do the fun part, which is buy the tools that you need to do the cutting. Because we mentioned these gateway tools. Yes. And now we quickly get to highlight what they are. True. Talked about them on the show plenty of times. A chop saw. You can get them for, you know, right around 100 bucks just for something basic. You can pay more to get, get higher yeah, end. there's fancy stuff out there. Start basic. You are going to use it for so many different things. Usually you can cut about up to a six inch wide. Yep board on these. You can get them bigger, but again, we're talking basic here. And you can do angles this way too, the 45 degree angles. It really opens the door to a lot of projects like we're seeing. Right. So start with that chop saw, get your supplies, and then you really just start doing those those cuts that you need. And then you need to affix them all to the wall. And And that's another cool tool. tool. The nail gun, or I guess the nailer, is what officially they would be called. And either it's going to be a pneumatic tool or it's going to be battery powered. I think the battery powered ones actually work really well, but you can rent or buy either. The big consideration, though, is making sure that you get that nail sunk into the wood so that you can actually go over it with wood putty and you can sand it smooth. That way, when you paint it, you see no trace of the nail. Right. Now, once you've got all of that done and prepped, you've got to make sure you caulk and caulk between the wall and the trim piece. Now, caulking, there is a trick to it. It's intimidating. But once you figure it out, 
it's not bad at all and you can move quickly. But the thing is here, you do have to apply even pressure when you're caulking and then you go back over that bead with a caulk tool or your finger and all you're doing is wiping away the excess caulk. You're smoothing it, creating this nice little concave. Exactly. A quick tip with that is use a little bit of Dawn dish soap on your finger that actually keeps the caulk from sticking to you. It's kind of like a release. Right. Now, once you've got all of that ready, there's some prep work in between. We're not going to talk about that. There's just not time. We want to get to a paint recommendation. If you're not using pre-prime trim, you're going to want to make sure that you prime all of these products. Once you've got that, Scuff-X from Benjamin Moore, there couldn't possibly be a better choice than that. No, honestly, because you cannot mark this stuff. You can try as much as you want. I guarantee you, if you kick it, it will not leave a mark. Or if um, it does, you can wipe it off. <laughs> yes, it's, it's easy so to clean. Remarkable. It's definitely the way to go. It's going to price out like pretty much any other high-end paint out there. I think it's going to surprise you where it prices out in a good way. Right. You can get any Benjamin Moore color and, and sheen. any finish. Right. Even a matte finish if you decided to. We'd recommend an eggshell would be great on an area like this. But Scuff-X from Benjamin Moore. Any color, it'll hold up. It also brushes and rolls really nicely too, which is great for this kind of project because most likely you're going to be doing both. You're going to want to brush around where the trim seams are so that you get into that corner, but then you can roll out the bigger areas. You just want to back brush still so that you get a consistent texture all the way across. Right. There's so much we could say about this. This is such a cool project. We're going to put a lot of links in the show notes, a lot of information that will just, you know, kind of get you down the road. But right now we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be solving mosquito problems in your yard. That's all coming up next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and this time of year, and it goes on for a long time during <laughs> the year, but we end up dealing with mosquitoes. And there's all kinds of different ways to try to fix that. And one of the places that we've run across, I've run across at home shows and dug into a little bit, read a lot of good reviews, Mosquito Shield. And so I thought, let's talk to some people from Mosquito Shield and see what that's like. So yeah. we reached out, and right now we're on the phone with Russ Plummer, who's from Mosquito Shield of the Greater Grand Rapids area, and also Kyle Remert, who's from the Mosquito Shield of Southwest Michigan. Kyle and Russ, thanks for being on the phone with us today. Yeah, thanks for uh, the opportunity. I'm uh, really looking forward to speaking with you. All right, and just so everybody can get your, your voices down with your name, Kyle, that was you? Yes. And then Russ? Hello. Hey, there's Russ. All right. So now that you've got that, we'll we'll have a quiz later to see if everybody can figure out who's who. But let's just start with the process. You know, okay, I've got a bunch of mosquitoes. I'm struggling with that. I've struggled with it for a while. I've done all the little things I can think to do, you know, which is basically dump some water out and hang a bug light up. Or, yeah, or maybe like the tiki torches or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but I've still got a problem. What do you guys do? What's what's the process look like? Here at uh, a Mosquito Shield, we uh, we operate on what's called a flex schedule, and we're we're coming out to uh, perform a treatment every ten to seventeen days. Uh, that's going to be from May through September. We really target the prime outdoor living season months, uh, mm -hmm. and what determines how often we come in that 10 to seventeen day range is going to be the weather and the mosquito population because. As we all know, 
living, especially living here in Michigan, neither of those operates on a set schedule, so <laughs> neither do we. And uh, that is how we are able to get the best results. Um, you know, years ago, Mosquito Shield used to operate on a set schedule, and we just found that uh, it just doesn't work. Um, so we, we changed to the flex scheduling and our uh, our results uh, have been speaking for themselves. That's really smart. It definitely varies year to year. So yes. you've got a flex schedule. What exactly does the whole thing look like? Yeah. So what we're doing is we're coming out, we're targeting your active living area where you spend the most time. So for example, you know, if someone has a five acre lot, we're not necessarily going to be treating all five acres. We're going to be treating those areas you spend the most time. So the decks, the patios, pools, fire pits, gardens, play areas for kids, especially um, areas like that. And what we do is we determine where those areas are and uh, we go and put a barrier around the outside perimeter of that okay. active living area. And then we also do an interior barrier up around the house. We'll actually spray the shrubs, the landscape, the decks, the patios, the patio furniture down. Um, and it doesn't discolor any of the furniture or stain any of the decking, doesn't make anything stink. Uh, it just adds that added layer of protection for uh, the customer as you're you're sitting there enjoying your uh, your outdoor barbecue. So kind of acting just as a repellent would. Yes, correct. Yep, that's what we're uh, we're mostly doing is we're uh, we're looking to create a vertical barrier around that active living area that is uh, repelling uh, the mosquitoes. Kind of giving you a safe bubble. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Exactly. It, it, it repels and masks the CO2. With, the, with our the blend we use, it covers the, the CO2 we exhale, which is one way they find you, and it repels them. They don't like the products we're spraying, so they stay away. I guess um, I and didn't... once they're away, they, they tend to stay away as long as we you stay on top of it and when spray every 10 to 17 days. Now I like didn't know that they were that they were drawn by CO two. Yeah, I, guess I had no idea. I envisioned they had some sort of infrared technology like that they blood were using. Sniffing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Uh, it is CO two. They are also uh, certainly attracted to uh, certain blood types, uh, and and kind of. Uh, you know, the running joke with mosquitoes, the older one anyway, says uh, the more alcohol someone drinks, the uh, more likely they're uh, to get bit. But oh, interesting. That's, a, that's just a joke. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking about all the people that I know who have big issues with mosquitoes, and I've just judged them all. <laughs> wow, they must drink a lot. <laughs> okay, so that was a joke, though, right? So I yeah, don't have to have yeah. like an intervention or something for these folks. Mosquitoes don't yeah. like me though, so I must have the good blood type that they avoid. Either that or yes. the CO2. It's the exhaling. I don't exhale as much. You don't, I'm holding or, my or breath. Or the breath is so bad that they repel <laughs> or fly away. There we go. I don't know. All right. So so you throw this stuff down. We're talking with Russ Plummer and Kyle Remert from Mosquito Shield. And you guys, between the two of you, cover pretty much all of West Michigan, right? Do I have that right? Yeah, that's right. I've always kind of said, uh, you know, that, that weather map that you see on, on Channel 8 or Channel 3 yeah. uh, mm -hmm. down in the corner, 
that's pretty much between the two of our territories. That's we're pretty much uh, close to covering that whole right. area. All right, I like it. <laughs> so, talk about I mean the effectiveness of it. I, I, you you mentioned that the one application every 10, 11 days, something like that. Generally, I can keep them largely off my yard for the bulk of the summer. Did I catch that correctly? You did, yeah, yep. So, so uh, it is. Uh, it's ten to seventeen days, and and again, that's going to be based on the weather and the mosquito population. So, for example, uh, as we get going here in the month of uh, of May, your customer is going to see us uh, pretty regularly. Uh, you know, good chance they're going to see us in the ten, eleven. 12 day uh time frame mm-hmm. uh, weather permitting of course everything's weather permitting uh but the reason for that is one it's a typically a wetter time of year uh two the mosquitoes are really starting to hatch and and make their presence known and three we want to get that uh barrier created with each treatment the barrier builds on itself so so it gets uh, stronger and stronger and we want to get that built as quickly as we can. Now, as we go through the summer, you know, when we get into uh, August, it's typically drier. Uh, we've got that barrier built. We can typically back that 10, 11, 12 day treatment time frame off to the, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 day uh, range. So it allows us that flexibility to come and treat as needed, okay. uh, like I said, based on the mosquito. A population. Do All the right. customers have to be home while you're treating? They don't. No, that's uh, that's one of the awesome things about the service. Uh, you know, we've got we've got areas where we can put tech notes for our uh, our techs uh, with any specific uh, instructions that the customer uh, wants to give us. Uh, they have to acknowledge those tech notes before they uh, are able to start. And so uh, the, the customer certainly does not need to be home. All right. One more question. I guess I'm concerned or curious about, you know, just anytime you're putting chemicals down, I've got pets, I've got children. I should have listed them in the other order. I've got children, <laughs> I've got pets. <laughs> I wasn't making a statement. The hierarchy. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's the concern? Is there a concern? What do I need to be aware of here? Yeah, I appreciate that question. So uh, the cool thing about Mosquito Shield is, we're using a blend of mostly natural oils. So uh, we're very environmentally conscious. Uh, the uh, reentry time on the product uh, is very, very minimal. All it actually has to do is dry, uh, which on a sunny, warm uh, summer day, it dries within 10 to 15 minutes of application. And uh, once that's, uh, that's happened, the pets, uh, the kids, um, maybe I should have said that the other way, kids, the pets, <laughs> um, yourselves, free to go uh, do your thing, uh, roll around, play, not going to have any harm to anyone. Right. So um, that's one of the great benefits of the service. So just don't breathe deeply as it's being applied. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. You, you certainly will smell a garlic scent for right. about 30 minutes or so after each treatment, and then that slowly fades away. Uh, so to the point where we can't smell, the mosquitoes are able to to detect it. But, uh, um, you know, garlic extract is certainly our, our main ingredient that we're using in our blend. All right. We've got almost no time left, but I guess I wanted to throw it out to you. You guys mentioned maybe you wanted to have a offer a special for our listeners. Why don't you first off, give out your contact info if anybody has more questions, because there's tons of stuff we could ask. We don't have time sure. to do it all here. So give us your contact info and then run us through that special. 
Yeah, absolutely. So if anyone uh, is is uh, interested in uh, using our service, uh, we'd certainly be honored. You can reach uh, us down here in Kalamazoo at uh, 269-763-9248. And we're, uh, we're offering anyone that uh, mentions that they've uh, heard us on the radio here on this segment um, an additional $50 off of our uh, our full season price. So we would certainly uh, be, be happy to extend that. All right. Russ, how about your contact info? I am in the Grand Rapids. It is 616-600-5232. And you can, you can find both of us and more information at MoShield.com. And I am also offering the $50 off. Just say you heard us on the radio. And, and one other thing we didn't talk about, which is, is helpful, we do event sprays also. Oh, okay. If, you have, if you're having a wedding, a graduation party, you know, whatever, we will come spray your yard one time and knock the mosquitoes out of there for special events. Well, that's very cool. That, see, yeah. that, the whole mosquito thing is my way of making sure that those events stay short and sweet. <laughs> but if you want to extend your family events, maybe consider that. Anyway, Russ and Kyle from Mosquito Shield, thanks so much for being on the phone with us today. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. It was a pleasure. Same here. Thank you. And that's going to do it. We're going to wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for the podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Plus, you want to follow us on Instagram so you can see all those cool inspiration photos we'll have of the Wayne's Coding Projects. Yeah, and all kinds of other cool stuff, right? Yeah, of course. We've got palettes on there, color inspiration, before and after pictures that you've sent us that we love to see. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Check it out. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite and Port City Paint Stores are open till 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.